You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Future Friday. Today I'm talking to my friend Lauren Denizio of Warriors. Uh, they have a new record coming out on March 6th and 6131 Records called You or Someone You Know. Uh, I'm very excited to hear it. I'm very thankful for Lauren to come and, co- come and having this conversation with me today. Uh, I'm actually about to jump into a car to go to the airport to head to Europe for this tour that we have coming up. So I'm going to make this short and sweet. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. And with that, we can start talking yeah. about music and stuff. There Cool. But if, yeah, if it's cool with you, just start start rolling with it. Yeah, no, totally. Nice. Uh, one thing I, I always try to frame is, as a musician, what, can you remember when you first started getting into music? Like, um, a lot of people mention church or like the certain radio stations that parents listen to or, or siblings or aunts or uncles or something like that. Because it's easy to be like, what's, you remember your first punk rock uh, you yeah. know, CD or tape or something like that. But what's like the, the first exposures to music for you? Well, I remember riding around the car with my parents and the oldie station would always be on. Um, I want to say that that was New Jersey 11.5. <laughs> um, <laughs> just because I feel like maybe that's something you would have heard before. But um, definitely like the oldie station with my parents. And then I listened to the radio a lot. And it was when you could get boom boxes and tape uh, to cassette directly off the radio. So I started just like sitting in my room waiting for the songs I like to come on and then hit play record and get them onto like a, a mix cassette just for myself. Um, and that in my brain is my first, like, uh, my first memories of being into music. That's awesome. That's so great. I remember uh, doing that as well. I think we lived right in that perfect uh, or grew up right in that window where you had the radio to cassette um, abilities and kind of like that was the uh, yeah. norm, you know, oh. you had to really work yeah. for the music that you wanted to, to listen to. <laughs> I remember my no, sister, totally. yeah, my sister, my brother and I and my uh, youngest sister, we would do that all the time and then like uh, pretend we were DJs in between the songs and just like talk about it and like play one that came on the oldie station and then roll right through it or whatever. So cool. No, that's cool. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Being right next to New York City, you probably had so many um, radio stations, or yeah. being close enough to be able to pick up the uh, stations from it. You know, no, you totally. Up in North, yeah, North Jersey, right? You grew up in in uh, like Central, Central yeah. Jersey. Okay, cool, cool. So I got more than New York radio stations, but there was always like the hits, the alternative radio station, like the hard rock radio station. I didn't really listen to college radio until uh, like later in high school, but. Um, but yeah, there were so there are so many ways to to find out about music just that way, and you know, even if I was listening to like pop songs and like alternative, and when grunge was getting big, um, then you know, hearing Green Day on the radio was how I first heard Green Day, just like on the radio, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, so it was a little yeah, it was a little mix of like being being close to an urban center and, and having a lot of radio, but not, not necessarily having a lot of access to the underground, like at first. Yeah, you know? totally. I remember yeah. the first couple of bands I got into were definitely just writing down the names that were written on kids jackets that were like open mics and stuff like yeah. the punks that would have like, you know, the addicts painted on their jacket <laughs> with the guy from code. Uh, uh, what's that movie? Uh, Clockwork Orange. And being yeah. like, yeah, I'll find that. And then like going to the music store with the, like a written down, trying to find that shit and be like, Oh, well there's that band. Remember not liking yeah, a like yeah, it's like liner them, notes. But, yeah, right. Yeah. And then you yeah. look at the liner notes, and you get to the next one. 
<laughs> so great. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> it, where I grew up, that we didn't get that much of New York or Philadelphia. It was kind of uh, too just too far for both of them, or the who knows, maybe the mountain chain in the way or whatever. But we yeah. did get Temple's College Station, which only oh. plays jazz and classical music. So we didn't get the uh, um, that like alternative runoff or whatever. Yeah, that's not helpful. <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, I you know I could try to romanticize it and pretend like it was really helpful, but I did not appreciate that at all. Still don't really. No. But, yeah, no. but yeah, so you came. You had a bit of a journey, right? You started in, in Central Jersey, and then did you really start getting into bands in college, or was it like a high school thing for you? Yeah, well, I mean, I went to I I went to local shows in high school for sure. So I went, I I got into punk and hardcore and ska from the eighth grade, you know, like I, I'm lucky in that there was, there was a really good local scene. There were shows like multiple days a week. I had to beg to get out of the house <laughs> more than once a week to go to a show. Um, cause there was just so much going on. It wasn't all necessarily great music <laughs> looking back on it, but it was, you know, it, it was, it was really cool. Um, but then I don't think I really, um, yeah, it wasn't until college that I feel like I really took a deep dive into, um, like older punk rock and, and rock and roll and, and things like that. Um, and yeah, and, and then I got, I got a lot more into like kind of my own taste in music and writing music and things like that in, in college for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Really getting exposed to that. It seems like at that time in life, um, a lot of the social component or the the social component of going to the shows and the social component of meeting the musicians and stuff is kind of like half the draw of the music. You know, it's like a, uh, um, some people rely on some of the older institutions, like, I don't know, sports or football games or something like that. And then uh, the punk rock one was so attractive because you kind of um, were able, it was like curated by the people involved in it. And it was like a new, exciting thing that was different. Yeah. So it yeah, it was. Yeah, it was always. Um, yeah, it was always a mix of both for sure. Like the social aspect was always, a, always a huge part of it. Yeah, uh, which was great. That was always great. I just a rush came back. I ran into yesterday. We just played a show, um, and um, um, it was kind of a memoriam for a friend who passed. It was a series of it's the Lamo series. At, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Saddle. yeah I saw that. Mm -hmm. And I ran into more people that I haven't seen in a while yesterday than in forever. So like you know, two dozen <laughs> people that I've, I haven't seen in, in five, ten years. And there's like a you know, just in a, a whole wave of nostalgic mood for that uh, cone. Yeah. Over. But I just remember some of the people in there. You know, like you didn't know. There's some people that I knew that still don't know their full names. They just have that like punk rock nickname. You know, like monkey. Oh yeah. And shit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like not my last name is in a lot of people's phones still. <laughs> Probably. You know, so. Yeah. I refuse to change them. Even with the wave of like a uh, smartphone connecting and seeing the, the contact that that person shows with their own, uh, right. With their own photos. Like, yeah, no. no, I'm not changing that. <laughs> like our tour manager, Scotty Bell will always be Scotty Lansing in my phone. Cause that's where, Aww, that's where we met that's him. That's nice. Yeah. I love that. That, that <laughs> shit. Just reach back on that. But, uh, I wanted to ask you about the, uh, residency that you did in Iceland. Oh, Cool. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's like something that, you know, I don't know, don't know very many people who were involved in anything like that or like what, what that was like or how it got hooked up. And Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I had just finished grad school not too long before that. So in fine art. So I was in that mode of like, get all the residencies, like get all the projects and stuff and, and was just sort of throwing things 
out there, like seeing what wild uh, opportunities were there. And I really, I really wanted to get out of New York for a while. Um, and there was this opportunity to live um, with a bunch of artists in the middle of Reykjavik um, for a month. So when you refer to like an artist's residency, what does that that means that you get a couple of artists together, you guys stay in the same place and bounce ideas off each other, or it's like a, an opportunity to kind of learn and grow from each other? Or is there like a a goal in mind or something, or is it like? Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of resident like all residencies are a little bit different, but um, it's really it's a way to go to another place that gives you. Um, at least studio space, if not also living space, which is what that residency was. Cool, cool. Um, so we all actually like lived and worked in the same building. And then, um, you know, sometimes it's for a specific project, you know, like if I had something specific I really wanted to work on, I would maybe use a residency to do that. Um, or some of them are funded. This one was not funded. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, sometimes they'll like give you money to go. And so then you don't have to worry about your living expenses and things and, sure. and you can just go and focus on your work for a month or three months or however long. Um, so, so this, I mean, this one was pretty low key. I didn't have, I didn't have something that I like had to finish in that month. Um, but I, I went just wanting to see Iceland and travel and take a lot of photos and draw a lot and just work on stuff. Um, and, um, I just thought it would be a really beautiful experience and it, it totally was, it was so cool. I don't necessarily think my art was like pushed that much by it but that's more my own fault than anything else but it was a month of just taking photos and making collages and you know drawing icebergs and it was it was it was really awesome met a lot of really really nice people that's so cool that's uh i'd imagine that just being in that kind of a, a new social situation or a new way to all of those new uh environmental things you're presented with yourself is going to change how you view your own art or how you create it and I yeah. should have uh, backpedaled before asking that and let everybody <laughs> no know that you're also a uh, visual artist as well as a musician. Okay. Uh, and I'm a huge yeah. fan of your visual art. Like, uh, one of my favorite parts yes. about Instagram is getting to uh, follow you and some of my other friends who will post their art and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I really like uh, I really like sp- particularly what you do with uh, texture and how you incorporate that into the, the images, at least recently. It's pretty, pretty badass. But, oh, um, thanks. Yeah, what, so were you over there with a bunch of Americans, or was it like uh, people from all over the place? Is there like um... yeah, it was a it was a mix. It was um, I think I actually think there were only a few other Americans there because it wasn't a huge group. It was maybe like ten people or something like that. So I think there were only two or three other Americans, and then there were um, a few from Germany, a couple people from. Uh, like Scandinavian countries. There was one, there was one artist from Italy who like we had never heard of before, but she was apparently like really big in Italy. Like <laughs> we were, like we were all sort of like low key, but it's like, yeah, you know, we're showing our work and stuff. And she was just like showing us all of these like gallery shows and like <laughs> big press for her. We're like, okay. Like it was, but it was like really cool. Like everybody's work was really different. Um, everyone was like around the same age. Um, and like, you know, serious about what they were doing, but also just like there to have a nice time. And like a couple of us, um, you know, 
all got together and rented a car and drove um, like six hours out to icebergs one day and then like drove back the same day, but like went on a road trip because that's what we wanted to see like all collectively. Yeah, yeah, like I I took a day trip to an island where there were wild horses. Wow, like a little Aztec island, like that place in New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit, a little bit prettier. Fair enough. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. My uh, image of Iceland comes from, you, you know, I just think of like um, how there's that fact that a certain population, a percentage of their population still believes in fairies or that's like part of their oh, folklore yeah. incorporation. So you mm-hmm. think of like Lord of the Rings and um, volcanoes. Oh, it's like you're on another ash. planet. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's... sorry. Sorry to me. No, yeah, go for it. That's what I was trying to figure out. Like my perception of it is just that. Like you said, you took the. Uh, uh, six hour drive to go see those things. And that just it seems like that's a country just um, completely uh, bizarre or foreign to what like the geology that, and uh, landscape that it would be used to seeing. So it's cool. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, even that one trip, the six hour trip, it was like traveling through a video game. So you would be in like one world and then like <laughs> Like an hour later, the landscape would completely change. Like all of a sudden, everything would be like red and clay and dark. And then, you know, an hour later, it would be all these weird mossy green puffy things like covering the landscape. Um, I don't know. It was just it was incredibly bizarre. From the minute I got off the plane, I was like, I am on another planet. I don't know what's happening. It was really cool. RPG of a a life. You just roll through (laughs) quests and stuff. Yeah. I remember uh it once I remember when I don't know if you guys ever did this, but when we were first flying to Europe, uh it was always cheaper to have a layover in Reykjavik. So oh, so yeah. many people would stop there because the flights were that much cheaper. Um we never made it though. And then one time we got stuck in Europe because that volcano um erupted. You know, oh yeah. Like four or five mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh also while we're on the residencies, we're not mistaken, you did one in Berlin as well? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, we did a European tour and then, um, I basically just stayed in Berlin and, um, had a artist residency there where it was just me. Like this group had a bunch of apartments basically like in small studio spaces throughout Berlin that I just had the storefront and a little apartment in the back. Um, it sounds and just extremely German than be in Berlin, you know, just like a place would just have that warehouse and very like, uh, yeah, uh, just open like that. I love that place so much and I've not got to spend enough time in Berlin. Uh, we always play there and then dip out real fast, but it is just so crazy. So, yeah, uh, it was, it was so great. And now every time we go there, I kind of know where I am. Like I know places to go and do things. And, um, it was the middle of winter when I was there. So a lot of it, like I didn't really get to experience, but, um, yeah, being able to spend a month in Berlin just feels so luxurious <laughs> to me. <laughs> and, and so like, you know, being kind of broke in, in an apartment, like not really in the middle of everything, but like yeah. kind of in a cool neighborhood. It was, it was really neat. Yeah. So everything to there to me just seems slightly industrial, you know, it just has mm-hmm. that like industrial tinge to it and all the graffiti that they just kind of leave everywhere. Like, uh, you know, like Deutsche Bank, yeah. their bank will just be have graffiti on it. And then somebody just kind of walks out and is like, meh, just <laughs> not going to prioritize like, okay. getting rid of that. It's like, OK, yeah, somebody put that up. So we'll just we'll just leave it. That's yeah. like their attitude. I guess when you've seen that much, like there's my theory is that they've just seen so many things destroyed for, you know, over 100 years that they're just like it's a different pace. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a, a good spine. That's yeah, totally right. fine. <laughs> Did you see a lot of the differences between what was East and West Berlin while you were there? Is there like still a um, like an architectural footprint, or is there any like kind of vibe or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't specifically. I did go to a lot of the um, the landmarks that are still there, Checkpoint like Charlie you know, oh yeah, yeah, it's like Checkpoint Charlie. I went to a bunch of places where you could still see parts of the wall, like you know, there's there's definitely ways to tell where it was. I didn't necessarily see or observe that like drastic change anymore, but I'm sure it's still there. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm sure yeah. if you if you actually live there, like yeah. you would, you, you know, would pick actually, up on I just it remember sure. somebody told me that the street lights are a different color or the poles oh. are different and that the uh, little people that are walking uh, to show the walking and do not walk signs. I could be completely oh. wrong with this, but I'm pretty sure that the East Berlin ones, the the, the little stick figures wearing a hat. <laughs> That's Seems cool. To be very, okay, next time I'll look. Soviet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to check. I'm actually going to be there next week, so I'm really excited oh, to go check go. that out. Yeah, I think we're going to stop at the Ramones Museum and uh, oh, do, sweet, yeah. do, do the damn thing that we, like we usually do. Yeah, oh, so te- text me a, a photo of the walk. Don't walk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or or I'll just text you when we're finished recording this and after I Google it and realize that it's completely yeah. made up and I just am <laughs> spreading false information yeah. that I usually do. But usually, hopefully it's it's harmless. Um, <laughs> but yeah, on the point of, of doing um, your visual design and visual artwork, that's something that uh, myself, I haven't explored that artistic uh, outlet until later in life. I got recently got really into photography. Um, I took this, and I highly recommend it to anybody listening. That there's um, this online college course place called Coursera, and they offer like um, college courses that they offer at regular universities. They'll offer them uh, for free to access to like the um, video materials online. You can just go take it over. So I took this five course. Uh, certificate program on photography and it completely changed the way they look at all visual art as far as like getting a vocabulary for it and just kind of like um, not being as mystified but then makes you more mystified because now there's so many (laughs) new dimensions to to, to understand but uh, yeah how do you kind of reconcile not even reconcile but like how do you view the pathway that you're on as far as separating or conflating creating music and creating the, the visual art yeah, well, uh, I mean, first off, I really, I really like your photography, and I'm really, I've been like really psyched to see when you post more <laughs> things. I was much. like, cool, yeah, do a thing, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, no, and like stuff like Coursera, Thanks. or I know like Lynda.com has a lot of stuff that's yeah, also which um, is offered for free with a lot of library memberships. Yeah, Lynda, yeah, I think I still have my cool. Philly library cards. <laughs> <laughs> Hell still get yeah. It. Um, but, um, but yeah, uh, I, I mean, I think for a long time I thought of it as like pretty separate or like, um, just that the, the two didn't really overlap or I didn't really talk about them in the same way. Mm Um, I mean, they're all, whether it's art or music, I, I feel like it's all coming from the same place for me, you know, um, or just, um, thematically or like what I'm thinking about, it's all, it's all coming from me. So in my mind, it's all sort of the same thing, but, um, it's definitely, it's just such a different practice for me because the artwork that I make is not collaborative at all. <laughs> um, I, I mean, maybe it is a, a little bit because I do a lot of portraits of people. Yeah. Um, it's not like you but, get together with four different people and each person has a different kind of pen and you all just jump yeah. on a page at the same time. So it doesn't no. really work out very well. No, well, I mean, and it's, I, you know, I, 
yeah, I, I don't really like, I don't make things that, that need a lot of people to, to make it. So, um, because I feel like playing music and making music is, it's not only collaborative, but it's a really social thing. Sure. And, um, I feel like I'm constantly meeting people through music and hanging out with people because of music that, um, the art side of it tends to be this really solo thing that I, I realize that's partially why I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, I feel like in this year, in the past year or so, I've definitely been um, trying to combine them more or talk about them more in in the same thing. Like the the newsletter that I had for the band, and then for my art and other things. Just sort of, I just was like, well, fuck it, I need to just make this all one thing now. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, it's like, I kind of just wing it. <laughs> like I don't have, <laughs> I should have more of a strategy, but I think that when, um, you know, it's like, I've designed all of our album art. I make a lot of our merch and stuff. Like I, um, I feel like the visual component of the band is obviously like really directed by me, but, um, yeah, it's, it, it's just when it comes naturally, I think yeah like totally I, it's just whatever happens is is how that works. yeah I think it's interesting that you hit on and mentioned that you're incorporating the visual part with the the music more and I think that part of that might have to do with the way that our music these days is prolifer uh, sorry pr proliferated anyway uh because of the tie to the social media and to how the way that people um experience the music you know like you a lot of time I mean Spotify each song that you put out or a single or something is going to have a visual that's tied to it that before you could hear on the radio or you'd hear on a mixtape or hear something like that, but now everything, since it would be streamed from another place or on your own personal stuff, that it's going to be at least in just a flash tied to whatever kind of um, uh, uh, visual component that it has with it or whether yeah. it's posting on you know Instagram or Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And it has been a, a cool opportunity and uh, to be able to do some of those things, which is neat. And, uh, yeah. 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 No, I mean, I think I've definitely... Um, like with our, with our next record, it's been really fun for me, uh, in, in that thought to be able to make things that are like consistent with the record, you yeah, know, like, yeah. like you don't just make the record cover and then call it a day. I have to make like 80,000 other little things to go with it. <laughs> um, and that's yep. been really cool that like, there's so many things that like, I think no one will notice or care about, but like, I know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like little details and stuff. And that's just really fun for me. Maybe no one will ever like pick up on that stuff, totally. but maybe, it's just like a just fun project. The, yeah. Putting the mindset in that you're going to be that particular, the mindset in that it's all encompassing in it. I think even in like a woo woo way, you know, kind of uh, <laughs> uh, pushes it all uh, in the same direction that it has like the intent behind it, you know? Yeah. Almost like if yeah, somebody totally. says they like bake a cookie with love, you know, like that kind of idea <laughs> that you can actually actually do something like that with that kind of intent. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I think you also touched on the idea that you kind of, we, we mentioned just winging it with a lot of this stuff. Uh, and it feels like the more times, at least for me personally, that we write or the more times that we are going to try to incorporate um, artwork in with the music or what exactly that we're doing all together, it kind of are starting to, as we get older, ask some of those questions of like, how is this all framed together? Is it just like kind of an emotional spattering of how we're feeling in the moment then translated into music? Or is there like, can there be a, a, a deeper intention? And I think, uh, I think there's a lot of cool opportunity to have the, the intention and you can dig down into deeper layers, but it's also like, 
I don't know. It's a little bit scary because I don't want to lose the explosion of just like uh, in the moment, whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, no, I mean, that's something I think about a lot and it's, I feel like it's hard to find that or for, for some folks anyway, to find that like maybe happy medium between just kind of off the cuff, whatever you feel like writing about. And then like what you think people who listen to your band are going to want to hear or going to want to expect. And then, you know, what you're going to want to look back on and, and have to show for it or something, (laughs) you know, Um, like, like thinking about that, like bigger picture with it also. Um, so yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot to juggle, but I kind of really like it. Yeah. (laughs) Or especially like, you know, um, this, like, we'll have three rec- three LPs and an EP and a and two seven inches. And when I started the band, I wasn't ever thinking about it like that. Like, I I didn't, um, like, I didn't know if it was going to be a long term thing. I didn't know if it was going to be even a band that did an LP. You know, um, and um, you know, it's like forget you guys especially also to like look at a bunch of records and be like okay like there's like um there's an arc to this you know that that you probably weren't planning from day one or anything but not even close it was like you (laughs) did this because that was the only thing we this is you felt like you had to do it in that moment and because you were kind of like seeing what other people were doing and you're like oh i want to live like that and you copy them and then you have your own thing and it's just yeah, we actually, Eric, last night, because we did that show and it was super fun to play, we played like 15 songs that we haven't played in, in many, many years. And then at the end of it, we were like, yo, wouldn't that be fucking awesome if we played like, uh, uh, we played four shows over a weekend and we just played like 100 songs and we were joking. And then we realized that we actually have 88 or 89 songs. And I never would have thought that in a million years from going back to like writing, um, uh, you know, loud acoustic songs in an in a, in an old basement in Scranton that we would come up with 88 songs and then and then put them out pretty yeah awesome. yeah that's awesome yeah. I love that feeling yeah it's, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy feeling and speaking of you're right on the cusp now you guys are putting up a record when does it come out yeah um it comes out March 6th March 6th all right so you yeah. say March 5th March 6th. 6th. 6th, cool. 6th, yeah. And uh, so right now you're dancing in the land of like waiting for it to be released. Everything's yeah. in place. It's at the pr- it's at the plant, you know, I'm sure. Or you may have a, a copy of it already. That's a, you know, that's a unique place to be in for sure that is, de- yeah, definitely unique to, to making art like that. You'd, you'd finish this thing. You can't wait to share it with everybody. And now you're just like kind of thinking on it and, and, and waiting yeah. for it. Yeah. That's get to, like, get yeah. to sit and be really imp- I'm so impatient like <laughs> so impatient I'm just like Ugh. but um uh yeah it's like we put out one song so far um and uh be- people seem to be into it so that's rad um yeah, I feel yeah. good about that I'm just really I'm really excited uh for folks to get to hear the whole thing so yeah. psyched yeah um, I'm really excited to hear it too you guys gonna tour right after with it yeah well so it comes out it comes out March 6th and then I think the first show is the 12th and we're doing a tour with um, Brian Fallon and Justin Towns Earl. That's incredible. Uh, That's going to be so awesome. Yeah. Are you going through Philly? Uh, we're not, um, yeah. which was not my choice. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're playing, I think the closest we're playing is a couple shows in Asbury park and then one show at uh, the queen in, um, in Delaware. Very cool. I really yeah. like that venue. Have you played at the queen before or been down there? 
Yeah, well, uh, we got to play there last year with the Bouncing Souls, and that was awesome. Um, And then I had been there one other time before to see the Jim Blossoms. (laughs) So that was neat. (laughs) Yeah, the Queen's really cool. It's it's only 45 minutes away or or less, maybe, but we never hang out uh, down there in Delaware. Um, yeah no so i'm gonna i have to get on my buy something you know you could go down because there's no sales tax so people go down oh, and buy, shit, like yeah. uh you know macbook or whatever the fuck yeah but yeah i thought, I thought that venue was really really cool since we played there and uh but we have not been back we actually had the last time that we played there was the time that we've made a band decision uh to not let people either a propose on stage anymore or b come up and play uh any of our songs with us because this kid had this sign up that he, he was like i know you know this song i can play it and oh, he comes yeah, yeah. up and he's like, yeah, I'm going to propose. I'm going to propose. And we're like, all right, cool, cool. We do it. And then he, he said a bunch of horribly awkward things. Uh, and then he didn't know how to play the song. So we were like, all right. <laughs> yeah, I got, gave him the guitar and we started playing it. And he just didn't have any grasp on playing guitar at all. So we're like, ah, that's, we're going to ixnay that from now on. So he was like his, his Delaware man. Oh, it's like the, the curse. Yeah, the curse. <laughs> the curse. So I pushed that back. Aw. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. So you recently moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, for, so you, you lived in, you grew up in central Jersey and then moved mm-hmm. to New York. And I'm from, that's when we first met, I believe. And we played with the measure, I think at one of those bars in Greenpoint long time ago. Yeah. I well, think. we played, uh, I feel like we must've played a show in Brooklyn, but then I know that we played a basement show in Philly. Ah that I remember to be so small that I like <laughs> wanted to get into the room where, where bands were playing, like while you all were playing and I like gave up. Yeah. Fair and enough. I, and I remember just being able to see like the tops of your heads, like through people, <laughs> but it was like too, so it was, yeah, it was great. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we definitely, we played, yeah, we played a couple shows together way back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the, uh, and then you moved, so you moved to Philly and I always wonder what it's like, uh, for somebody who lived in Philly for, for so long, what you're like, what did you think of it before you moved there? Like, what did you went after you left? Because you were here for what, like two or three years or four years? Yeah, two, two or three. Two or I think three maybe years? just two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's what we call um, a nip into work. That's what we always call that. It's like a... <laughs> basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I you know because I grew up in Central New Jersey, I always knew people that lived in Philly. Sure. Um, I have family that are outside of Philly, and um, I hadn't necessarily spent like a ton of time there, but. Um, you know, over the years, a lot of my friends started moving there. I had bandmates that lived there. Um, I would like just start going to more shows there because all my friends were just moving to Philly. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't necessarily like a giant Philly fan. It was more (laughs) like, oh, well this is, you know, it's a lot less expensive than Brooklyn. All of my friends are moving there. Um, you know, uh, the music scene's all obviously awesome. Um, and I mean, it's a, it's a small city vibe that I can totally, totally get behind. Um, yeah, so, totally. yeah, that was, uh, we, uh, originally we really wanted to move to New York back in 2008 and it was just, uh, so outrageously expensive. And I had, uh, lived my first couple of years of my life down here and Joe did as well. And we had family that was down here. So we were like, all right, we'll move to Philly. And that's where Greg was going to be able to go to school. And then we just stayed and now 12, you know, 12 years gone by and we've been here the whole time it's been really really nice but yeah it's i imagine that in central jersey you would have a bunch of connections to philly the furthest that the philadelphia uh public transportation goes is the end of the line is basically trenton yeah so you gotta get stopped right there and then and then jump (laughs) in the next one yeah i think when we were doing all those um 
basement shows and stuff in Philadelphia, it was like the timing with the housing crisis had happened that year. So it was kind of like no one could afford to, at least of, of our friends and stuff, could afford to move yeah. to New York. And then you had all these houses and a lot of the venues weren't that active. And it was just kind of like, all right, well, we'll just play it at your house. And that kind of just exploded. And I think that was kind of like a an interesting right place, right time kind of situation for us, especially. Yeah, no, that, make, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, it's like all the shows... Um, cause I moved to Brooklyn in, in 2006 and, um, yeah, it's like all, all the shows were like at people's houses yeah. or like bars that re- weren't really supposed to have shows or like, <laughs> you know, DIY spaces and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Man, no, I remember, it was great. Th- there was a place that we played in Queens one time that I can never remember. No one can ever remember, but they had recorders set up everywhere. Does this ring a bell at all? It was like right on the like the like where Queens first starts, I guess. But they had they were doing it in the middle of some kind of like art project. So every day when they had a show, they just had all of these microphones set up all over the house, and they would just record the entire. Um, oh, party was that and Silent show. Barn? Maybe does that sound familiar? Because Silent Barn was originally in Ridgewood, in Queens. Okay. Yeah. It was because it was it like a giant open space, basically. And there was yeah. what looked like somebody's kitchen in the back. Yeah. And then you could like climb up. Uh, there was like a ladder that went to a roof, but it was a literal like ladder, um, not a yeah. uh, like a stairway situation or anything like like It's like a, an, I a, could a be, locked in thing. Yeah. Yeah. I could be totally wrong. Um, but that that's uh, I mean, especially if it felt like somebody's art project. That definitely, that definitely yeah, it was definitely like something, something that might be Silent Barn. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, to this day, I always try to think about what it would be like to hear some of those recordings. Because when they told us that they were recording everything, everyone spent the rest of the day, you know, saying ridiculous things because they knew it was going to be recorded. And I can only imagine what kind of shit all my <laughs> idiot friends said in, in 2010. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's be like everyone the... wants those recordings like destroyed. Yeah, maybe it'd be better if they just stay gone forever. That would be much better for everyone involved, I think. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So since you left uh, Philadelphia, now you're in Los Angeles, and how's uh, mm-hmm. how's that going? I always uh, have this view of Los Angeles, probably because of how many movies take place there, and the like, mm, very much gold tinted, uh, rose tinted, or whatever you say. For us, because of the uh, epitaph and all the music uh, situations that we get in out there, it's always great shows and stuff. So I always have this like very tainted view of Los Angeles, I think, and I always wonder what it would be like to the, like a day to day living there. Yeah, well, I mean, I for a really long time, it's like moving. The thought of moving to LA wouldn't have even crossed my mind because I had a pretty not negative. Uh, view of it but um just just never really thought that it would like fit my vibe sure, you know yeah. like when when you're thinking about like you know 90210 or something it's like that doesn't really <laughs> seem like a place i'm gonna go no, yeah, um, exactly. but but then yeah it's like the more we we played out there and and the more friends i had that that lived here um i kind of realized that um it's a lot of the things that i really loved about Brooklyn or Philly or you know growing up in New Jersey but like it's sunny all the time and there's a lot of palm trees and you can go to the beach like in a half an hour um so yeah I mean I I thought I knew what it would be like to move out here like I was kind of keeping my fingers crossed like okay I think this is gonna work I think I'm gonna like this and I'm was 100% right like I just I love it here um feel stupid 
saying it like that, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I really, I really, really like it. Um, music out here is great. Um, I've met a lot of really nice people in addition to like, you know, my, my friends and music and stuff and the yeah. folks that I've known for a long time who have like moved out here. Um, but sorry, I just realized my computer isn't plugged in. No, sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's so awesome to hear. Uh, I always had that, like you, like you mentioned, you said you didn't like not like it or have that that negative viewpoint of it. I always kind of did. I always felt like the people that I ran into when we first went there were more interested in finding out what you did or and then judged you on that. But um, it was like kind of one of those like you know everybody seemed fake and uh, and annoying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I went to punk rock bowling years ago and like all the LA punks showed up and everybody looked like they like walked out of like a rockabilly ad. And yeah, I was like, exactly. okay, this is not, <laughs> this is not my speed. Yeah. And um, like, this is but, what happens when you yeah. don't have winter to suffer. You just cool like that or whatever. So yeah. But, yeah, uh, but then, it turns out some of those know, people are really fucking cool. Like some of my best friends are in LA, you know, it's amazing. So it's a, yeah. just like anywhere else is a beautiful, uh, cool place full of a lot of, a lot of really cool people. I don't know if I'd be able to handle the traffic, or if that's even really as bad as I think it is. I feel like every time I've yeah. gone, I've just like driven from one place to the next. That are, of course there's going to be traffic. I'm driving there at four thirty or whatever, you know. Yeah, but. yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's like unless you're driving across the city or you have like a commute downtown or something, it's really it's not it, it's not that bad. But it's also like I I definitely moved here knowing that I don't have a commute, yeah. so that aspect of it really isn't a part of my daily life anyway, and um. And yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's so many people doing so many different sorts of creative things out here um, in a way that I, I don't think I was even necessarily prepared for yeah. Um, that. That Yeah, it's just it's just been really cool. And, um, you know, it's like folks from Razor Kager out here and um, just like, yeah, a lot of a lot of really cool cool folks yeah so, very cool I it, was, kinda, it was good it was a good move yeah that's awesome i uh, i always kind of thought of the west coast and you know spe not spe i guess specifically southern california and la and stuff but a lot, west coast was a lot of like so a lot of people had come over from europe uh and and moved to the uh, east coast of the united states at the beginning of the 20th century and all that and then all the people who didn't want to be there then took the move to the west coast so it was like the uh, uh kids of the kids of the people who were just like i need to get the fuck out of here so a lot of the people ended up on the west coast that have like might have like a proclivity for like a uh kind of an unknown or a forging or reinventing themselves or so that kind of like um um you know framing of uh, of what they were pursuing and i thought that kind of like reflected a bit of the culture there because it's also so uh new uh, in some yeah. regards you know there's the, not very many buildings that have been there for that long uh it's kind of just like no, wild I yeah, I mean, it definitely it definitely has a really unique, independent vibe yeah. to it, for sure. And that's, I mean, and that's definitely what uh, attracts me to it a lot of the time. Um, and no, well, and, and I and my misconception for a long time was that I didn't think it would be a good fit for me because being um, pretty moderate in terms of seasons you know like not really feeling like the seasons change and sure. everybody's just sort of chill and i was just like i'm kind of uptight and stressed all the time and i need to like keep moving like i don't think i can handle people they're just like it's cool like it's chill like i can't do that and yeah. so um i mean i'm definitely i've definitely chilled out from being here even here but um 
but yeah, it's not, it's not like, it's not like the movies that they tell New Yorkers to watch. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. I think I'm just yeah. forever going to have it framed partially like that. It's just, uh, I'm, yeah, I really, that's, that's awesome that you're out there. And it is like in the back of my mind, I always wonder if there's that small percentage of a chance that I would end up, uh oh. Are you still oh, there? Oh, no. Okay, no, it worked. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to yeah, say no, that I'll cut that part out where I said, oh, but I probably, probably won't sleep there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cut, cut where I talk about my computer charger. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I just uh, had uh, the last, um, one of the last podcasts I just recorded was with Jose Prieto, and right around this time, he was like, I got to get my computer charger, and we had almost the same exact uh, interaction. So, <laughs> it's like a like deja vu. No, no, no sweat at all. I wanted to get a little nerdy for a second and ask you uh, a little bit about your gear. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you playing a Starcaster? No, I play I play a Fender Coronado. Ah, that's what it is. Okay, cool, cool. Which is like a semi-hollow, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, hell yeah. And it doesn't look like it should be a Fender. Like, it looks like it... Like, the body looks like it should be like a Gibson or something. Yeah, totally. Like a Gretsch, whatever. And, um... And so then a lot of folks are like, wait, but it has a fender headstock. I don't understand what's happening. And yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a Coronado. Yeah. It's, uh, that, yeah I always loved So I've also played the semi hollow quite often. It was one of the yeah. first cars I ever got. It was from this company called Fuji gen. And I think they had to stop making it because it's, uh, it's enough of a ripoff of an, of like an Epiphone 335 that they just aren't allowed to make it. They, they can't trade it in the U S or whatever. Um, but I always love those semi hollows because of like the way that the whole guitar shakes. You know, you can really hit the chord and get like the full resonation and feel like you're actually playing a, a like an acoustic or a full guitar. Fucking love that shit. Yeah. No, I really, I just really like it. I haven't played a um, a guitar that's not a semi hollow body in so long that um, the the last time it happened a while ago where like I just had my guitar at the show and I like broke a string uh-huh. and I was like, okay, like someone else had to hand me a guitar and they handed me just like a reg, just a regular guitar, not a small guitar, just a regular <laughs> guitar. And I, it felt like I was playing a ukulele. Like I don't, <laughs> just, it's yep. so awkward. Totally. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, it's, it's my baby. I, oh, I, yeah. I love those. That. Yeah. I- I, uh, actually, I'm sitting right next to one right now. It's a, a blue Epiphone Alley Cat. It's uh, nice. the yeah, it's a guitar that Regina Spector played. So I was like, so, well, I always had it on a list that one day if I ever found one and it was like a four bow, I'd get it. And one day one came up on Reverb, so I got it. But that's like a, a big old, big hollow body, and I love playing it. And then every time we go back to like practicing with the band, I grab a Telecaster or something. It definitely just feels a little, it's a smaller. You know, you can kind of like yeah. rip it around. And I feel like you're gonna break it a little bit. Yeah, it's like you're. I definitely feel like. Like then I know how much I'm relying on the amp, even though it's probably not true at all. But yeah. like, I just yeah, I really I really like the resonance to it, and I think I, I I like being able to like hear it when I'm playing it just in my room, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, or just like if if it's not plugged in, I'm I'm playing the same guitar. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's just something about it that that's just really really pretty hell yeah it's less uh less click and more actual ring uh, of the stuff i love that yeah um as far as the recording went how did you uh did you guys do any try any new tricks did you get into any new processes for it or is it kind of like uh, going to the studio so a lot of times <laughs> what we did always forever was record a demo and then we would go in the studio and then re-record the demo better than we recorded the demo yeah but, i mean well in the past i don't think we had demos that were like as as good or like as 
um, as thought out necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, or I, this time we, we recorded demos on our own, which okay. I hadn't ever done before. Um, so, so you would like record them and then send them to each other. Uh, like, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Or we, you know, we re- would record, um, bass and drums and then like I would go home and re-record my guitar and vocals and like Frank would work on lead guitar parts and stuff and you know then if we but then because we were we were doing it on our own it wasn't like we only had a certain amount of time at a studio to record the demo it was like a lot of a lot of drafts like I've never done that many drafts of of just like playing around with demos before and and trying to do a lot of mixing on my own so that I understood what was going on a lot more. Um, it was really fun. Um, so then at that point, then I feel like, yeah, then we went in the studio to like record yeah. <laughs> the, the demos, but better Yeah, um, right. with somebody who knows like way more. You're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh no, totally. And, um, a lot of it was, it was more live than we had done before. Okay. As in, so not really to, as in everyone, uh, the, 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 the takes that are going to the actual record are being played uh, concurrently, like with each other, like at the same time, mm-hmm. or do you mean like not to a click? Uh, what do you mean live or is it like? Oh, yeah. No, some of it, some of it was definitely to a click. All of it may have been to a click, actually, yeah, sure, now that sure. I think about it. Um, but, um, but yeah, it was all, we definitely played everything together. Like the first, the first few takes of it was um, us together and um obviously like not not all of that was was kept or anything we we did plenty of overdubs and and like redoing uh a lot of it but um i feel like a lot a lot more of the bass was probably kept a lot more of my rhythm guitar was kept from those from those takes than we had ever really done before yeah um so that was really fun um and definitely like (laughs) threw weird like keyboard stuff on there and like i love that a synth that i made yeah oh very cool yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny because sometimes when I talk to uh, my friends or fellow musicians, they'll be like, yeah, we recorded it live. And a lot of times I'm like, ooh. And then you listen <laughs> to it and you're like, yeah, it sounds like you recorded it live. But uh, so Yeah, I, no, it's not. Yeah, it wasn't that. I, it's like I'm always hesitant to to say that because it's always the disclaimer of like, no, it's not like we recorded no. a live record. Yeah, we didn't then, do like, it to over-romanticize the idea of recording live. Like that's, uh, yeah. some, I have some friends who... Uh, get obsessed with recording to tape uh you know like in mm-hmm. where you have a lot less uh ability to control uh certain parts of it, like as you do with software but and then it comes out and it's like well that was your take you know and it's cool that it was yeah. to, to tape but it's like uh it's like a, a combination between proving that you can do it and also what it actually sounds like instead of like uh, getting to the end of w- what it actually sounds like at least in my experience in our, our thing where we kind of we tried to do that a couple times and ended up bailing um, yeah. but some well, of the did, stuff that we did, did you guys record the last one to tape? Uh, no, we, we, when we recorded, uh, Rented World, which is two records ago, we, we dumped the, no, we did record the drums and bass to tape. Uh, okay. and then there were other records where we dumped, um, stuff to tape and then brought it back in. Um, so we got that like natural compression stuff, which was pretty cool. What, uh, what did you guys use when you were trading demos around, uh, like software wise? Um, um, well, Mikey and I both have logic, cool. so we could work that way. And I think, yeah, it was all originally recorded like into logic. And then, um, I think, uh, I think Frank has like pro tools and so, or like, yeah, yeah, I think it's pro tools, but, um, but it's like, I would send him a mix and then he would just layer guitars on top of that. And then he would just send me the tracks back Okay. for me to 
mess around with. Like the multi-tracks, and then you would dump them back into Logic? <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm and, always wondering, uh, sorry, I don't want to get too nerdy, but I feel like uh, some people <laughs> ask me about it a lot when we're talking on it. I'm like, why not figure out how other musicians do it or what, what uh, all the tools that are available and stuff now? It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm psyched that I have Logic because I feel like it's a little bit more, it's just a little bit more complex and, and there's more tools with it that I, at this point, I enjoy being able to at least try to use. <laughs> not that yeah. I entirely know what I'm doing, but I mean, I, I think it's also important to note that like, even if you just have like garage band or like any sort of really basic multi-track recording situation that like you can do exactly what we did for demos, like, or actually recording and finishing a record. Like it's yeah, totally possible these 100%. days. It's, yeah. I'm really glad that you make that point as well. A lot of times people come to me and ask, um, about or on like you know twitter and shit and ask about pro tools and be like hey i just bought this license i'm just getting into this you know kind of learning it and in reality uh there's some free software available like GarageBand or like uh, audacity that you can oh yeah make, do anything that you or i are doing in that um with the right you know practice and the actual good good enough sound going into it um and i think that's a really unique time that we live in somebody some kid could go and get a used macbook on, on craigslist or, or whatever and then make a song that using all the native instruments inside the the thing that it comes with and make a song that's good enough to put onto the radio you know like it's it's, yeah. it's pretty fucking crazy it's like the inverse of being around in like the 1800s where i think that you'd be so much easier to commit a crime because there's no <laughs> surveillance cameras or anything anywhere <laughs> yeah it's like, uh, we yeah, live in that it's time like, oh, now. you can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I almost feel guilty. Like we have all of these, uh, new tools completely at our disposal. Like you feel like you should just be, and I guess we are like, uh, just really going for it and being able to make, uh, to anything. Yeah. Well, it's definitely something that, um, on this record, I just sort of went all in to that in a way that I hadn't before. Um, because I feel like, especially when you're, when you're dealing with like a two guitars, bass drums, like kind of, uh, structured band in that way with like, you know, some, someone brings a song and then you all sort of figure it out or like collaborate on it it's mm-hmm. in some way in practice. Um, I feel like I used to rely on that a lot more. And because now I have the tools to, to like go back and try other things and like edit stuff. Like I took, you know, like you can take bass parts or guitar parts and like or, you know, whatever instrument and like cut and paste stuff around. Like I rearranged yeah. songs on my computer and I didn't have to wait till the next practice to figure out how they'd sound, you know? Exactly. It's such a, a cool and beautiful thing. And then you incorporate yeah. the visualization of it. Like even like looking at it as blocks of like, this is the verse and, and in logic, I love it. Cause it's like, you know, you have different colors that are there and it kind of just allows you to visualize the way that the song moves and you could just <laughs> move it around like that. It's crazy. Even yeah. like the greatest uh, um, musicians in the world can do anything like that twenty or thirty years ago. <laughs> right? That's yeah. Great. No. Totally. Spoiled brats. I love it. <laughs> That's actually how we do it uh, in the studio. We would go in, and when we first started working with Will. We would play the song our way uh, that we had written it to a click, and then we would kind of sit there and just fly the entire sections around that we had just done, like like you're describing, and be like, "Oh, the song is so much better this way." Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't have to. Uh, uh, you drag through two hours to of experimenting to get it there. You can just try it all on the fly like that. And it's such a, a cool and powerful tool. Love it. Yeah. Or like when we, um, uh, when we were working with our, our producer, um, that John Agnello worked with us on this one. And, um, 
being able to send a demo, like get some feedback or like, how about, how about you try this thing or like move this verse over here and then like, just do it mm-hmm. and send it back. Like, you know, quote unquote pre-production or whatever, like, yeah. was so, like, you know, it's like you could do that stuff. I feel much more empowered to do that. Um, with the tools that I have now than I ever thought I would. So it's yeah. been really cool. Very cool. Well, speaking of, how was it like working with uh, uh, John Agnella? It was, it was great. It was, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just so much fun. He's so great. Um, we all had a really good time and just like worked really hard on it. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was just an honor to get, to get to work with him. And it's one of those things where we didn't really know each other before that, you know, and it, it could have, gone poorly and right. you know it was it was it was great and i and i think i've um you know i i'm kind of picky about who i work with sure in the studio because i really um i i don't want to be in a situation where someone is going to try to play the like oh i'm the experienced producer engineer card and you don't know what you're talking about yeah totally um, disagreeable and, in that regard yeah, or just like not like not wanting to try the things that you're trying to go for, you know? Yeah. Um and uh it was just it was really great working with somebody who was really as collaborative as he was and um supportive and encouraging and just psyched on what we were all making. It really felt like we were all a team in it. And yeah. um and I think that 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 comes through on the record. That's so great. I'm great psyched on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Because there's so many uh I'm sure you've know people who have them as well, like nightmare stories about working with a, a producer where they do what you said, you know, has like, no, yeah. I know better. I, uh, I've been doing this for longer. I know the equipment or I know, I know what you want. That's the, that's the thing I can't stand the the most, whether you're like buying a t-shirt, I don't know, where somebody at the store or you're like with a, a producer or somebody working uh, creatively or collaborative. It's like, no, you want this or you want this. It's like, no, that's not what I want. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. crazy to think of a producer when you go in, you're, you're at one of your most vulnerable times that you'll ever be in your life. And you're going to try to navigate all these uh, emotions and the project that you're working on with something that you don't even know. It's uh, it's, yeah. it's definitely really scary. And I think that the best producers and the best producers that we've worked with, which has been all the producers we've worked with been, have been very good at this. But just being able to make you feel at ease while navigating that whole process is just uh, it's just a wild skill. You know, it's very, very yeah. You have to be personable in a way that is just, I don't know. How do you cut through like what it feels like years of, of getting to know somebody in like a couple of hours or a couple of days. And then you're, you're next thing you know, you're making that shit together. Yeah. It's pretty cool. No, it's a very, it's, it's just such a unique experience. And I, I, you know, I wish we had another month in the studio (laughs) just to hang out, like just to keep making things, you know? (laughs) So yeah. Um, it's like now I'm just like, Oh, when, when do we get to go do that again? Um, so yeah, it's it's a really special thing. Yeah, that would be the dream to just be able to have the studio and not have the timeline, expectation, budget, all the other stuff, and just be like, all right, we can actually just create something for this period of time. For yeah, me, it would be hard for me not to just fuck off and and do like you know things that necessarily wouldn't be worthwhile the entire time. But it would be it would be fun. <laughs> like yeah, a whole lot. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited for the record to come. Out. I'm really excited to hear it. Uh, I'm really excited Thanks. for uh, that tour that you guys are doing and what you have coming up. Yeah. 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 Badass. No, hopefully we'll get to come through 
Philly again soon. Hell yeah. I think I'm just going to uh, come hang out. Yeah, you should. Yeah, absolutely should. And uh, it's been an, it was I, I, I was it was very warm last week. Now it is very, very cold. Uh, so right before I called you, actually, I tried to take the dog for a walk and he was like, no, nah, I'm not going outside. But, uh, <laughs> That's fun. Right? But uh, where can uh, where can everybody uh, check out the music and check out your artwork and stuff? Um, well, our our website is just warriorsmusic.com and we're all on all the streaming things. Um, and music stuff for me is, is, um, like warriors music, like Instagram and Twitter, but then I have my art Instagram at Lauren underscore Denizio. Um, and I just have my websites, like my full name.com. Um, yeah. See, see all the, all the things. Yeah. All of the things. (laughs) So thank you. So I think that kind of wraps it up. You have anything else that you want to add or tell everybody uh, about? Thanks. Um, no, I think that's it. Yeah, it's like the the record's out pretty soon, and we're really excited for tour. Um, so hopefully we will just see everybody out there. Yeah, hell yeah! Thank you so very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, uh, thanks, thanks, Tom. Oh, and I Always wanted, nice I was, I was just wanted to remember to tell everybody kind of the last time that we hung out was when we went to go see the Irishman. Oh yeah, I completely yeah. forgot about that. That was so fun. <laughs> that was great. Well, I still tell people that we all went and there would be scenes in Philly or like the bar that they go to and you guys would be like, that's right near my house. That's right yep. there. Like we totally know. Yeah. That was so hard for me not to just elbow every, every like five <laughs> seconds and be like, that bar's around the corner from my house. The bar uh, where he gets the phone call for Jimmy Hoffa is actually at the corner of my house. Like I can see it if I look out my window. It was pretty, <laughs> pretty fucking funny. Yeah. It was uh, really special. Yeah. That was great. It was a really fun time. I hope we get to do yeah. it again soon. I hope, can't wait to see you when you come visit. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. I will. I will totally let you know. Hell yeah. Thanks so much. Orm. Yeah. Thanks Tom. Cool. Awesome. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast.